Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. This is your host, Lisa Tomey. Today, for Poets Connection of Living Poetry, we have special guest Jean-Marie Oliveri, who'll be talking about submitting poetry to publications. Don't go away. You don't want to miss this. Welcome, everybody, to Living Poetry. We're having a special workshop today with Jean-Marie Oliveri, and she's going to talk about uh, all the secrets we want to know about how to get something published. When we get done, we're going to all go publishing like crazy. That's the plan, right? Absolutely. And before we get started, let's go around the room and I just um, start with Hannah since she popped in first and, you know, just go around. Okay. I'm Hannah. This is my dog, Asha, who's a little nervous because the cat wants playtime, wants to play with her. <laughs> Makes her anxious. <laughs> Hannah's from Raleigh. Yes, Raleigh. Originally, I grew up in Massachusetts, lived many years in New York City, and now I'm glad to be here. I actually really love it here. And have you submitted anything for publication anywhere? I have. I've got a few things out there right now. I know one of them didn't get in. And I decided Monday is going to be my submitting day because I need to, I I suck at organizing. I'm very much ADHD. (laughs) So I need to make a schedule. So Monday is going to be my submitting day. Then I can focus on writing because I'm working on poetry and novel right now. And then of course, personal essays I want to brush up. Awesome. Joyce? Um, So let's see. I retired from IBM after 25 years, and this is my dream to write some poetry. Actually, I started with memoirs. So I've been writing, and I've been a member of uh, Jean Marie and Bart's critique group for, gosh, I think about four years now. I don't know, time's flying. And they've been extremely helpful in getting me going. Um, love, love you guys. <laughs> um, I've actually gotten, my first poem was published because of Jean Marie. Basically, it was in the Heron clan. Um, and then, um, and I wasn't crazy about it, but it was my first poem. So I submitted two more that I got published this past summer to the Bards Review, North Carolina Bards Review. One was in there annual poetry um, publication and the other one was in their Bards Against Hunger publication. So I got into two books. So those are my shining stars. So I've been writing um, some angry poems <laughs> and then tossing them and then writing, concentrating on fun. I just finished, I'm still working on my hummingbird poem. Jean Marie, you're gonna be pleased to see that is ready to publish. Um, right. And then I had a couple more fun ones this summer that I'm still trying to finish up. And I got to get myself back out there. Hopefully this will help. It will help, sure. Arlene? Yes, I I don't submit a lot of poetry. It, it's been kind of sporadic for me. Uh, I think because I've always been, I'm always too busy doing work for someone else. Uh, but now I'd like, I think it's time to start submitting to uh, places outside my area where I'm not, where I'm not known. I think now mostly I've been published by, by publishers that I know. 
So I think it's time to stretch out. Thank you. Great. Chris? My name is Chris. I'm from uh, Apex. I've been here for over 20 years. Um, I'm originally from the New York area. Uh, like Joyce, I'm uh, an escapee from IBM. Um, kind of had my tenure cut short. I had a major health event that forced me into uh, retirement at a fairly young age. I have been writing uh, my whole life, but not for anyone. Now that I have more time, I try to write poetry. Um, I don't know how good it is, or uh, I tend to, when I read them, they look like short stories, but uh, uh, just uh, learning and uh, want to learn from others and meet people who do write and uh, okay. learn from as much as I can. Great. So thank you and welcome to, uh, thank you for taking me in. Mm -hmm. Tova? Hi, uh, I'm Tova. I live in New York. I didn't run away, I came here. And uh, I'm an artist, I've been an artist and I'm also writing. Um, in the past few years, my work concentrated on um, fusing uh, poetry and film together to create cine poems. And some of which I wrote and some of which I, I use other people's poetry. And um, I tried uh, to submit uh, couple of poems, but I got rejections, so I'm here to learn. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm originally from Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, so I moved here to go to Elon, but now I live in Raleigh. And um, yeah, I have a degree in creative writing, so I've always really loved it, but we didn't really talk about submitting a lot of stuff. So I only started submitting like in the last year or so, and I wanna kind of learn more about that process. I have like a couple things out there right now. Um, but I'm not too knowledgeable about the whole uh, process. So, yeah. Okay, great. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Fanwell. Uh, I am uh, in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Um, I started writing about two years now as an outlet, and I enjoy writing poetry. And my goal for 2020 was uh, to start sharing my poetry, you know, attending open mics, being able to uh, go publish, uh, if I can get my items published, but with the pandemic that was put on hold. So I was coming to the meetup groups and seeing what are the different outlets to be able to see uh, how I can uh, learn how to share, how can I learn, where can I share and how to share those items. So hence where I'm here. Mm -hmm. Eugene? I've been writing poetry now for, I don't know, close to, 30 years, but when I took it seriously 10 years ago and found I had a talent for it. And my problem is I would like to get them published, but I don't know how to go about it. And secondly, I have a concern that I'm not writing poetry in the traditional sense of it being literary or metrical. I just write whatever I feel, whatever I think, whatever I'm inspired by, I just put it down on paper and whatever comes out, comes out. I post most of my work on a site called um, Fan Story to get feedback from other poets. And so far I've done really well in terms of response and they like what I write. Some of it not so good, but some of it very good. So that's where I'm at right now. And I'm excited to 
learned that there was a group that was here that I can access uh, via Zoom to be able to participate in learning how to write poetry. All right, thank you. Okay, I'm going to turn this over to Jean-Marie. I'll let you tell all about yourself and we'll get started. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm Jean-Marie Oliveri. Um, I am by profession a writer. Uh, I, well, I'm mostly retired now. Do a, still some freelance, but I was a business and corporate writer and I moved to the Triangle area in 2005. And that's when I discovered, I discovered living poetry in 2007 and started doing much more on the creative side. So I've been writing poetry since then. Very active in living poetry with the critique groups. And then, um, so my qualifications, I guess you can say for coming and talking to you is that, um, and of course I don't have the book in front of me, but I, there's a local, there's a, an author, uh, author, poet, publisher here in the Triangle area who's been publishing an anthology of poems um, called The Heron Clan and um, their print books. So the one thing about the triangle, it's, a, it's nice to know where everybody's from, but there's a really vibrant community here. There's a lot of writers. I, I tell people you can't throw a rock in North Carolina without hitting a writer. Um, there's, and we actually have the logo of the writingest state, something about the humidity, that's, that's my theory. Um, but I submitted to him and I got my poem published. And then I talked to him about how the book, and then I, I, he invited me to be on the editorial board. And I'm also, also because of my background as a business writer, I have layout and design experience. So um, for two years, I've been in, on the editorial board reading submission or editorial board, meaning uh, reading submissions, there's a group of us, um, selecting poems to go in and then doing the layout. So um, that's, that's my biggest, uh, I'm going to give you the secrets. You know, I, I have my own experience of being published. I have a blog, but so I've been published by other online journals and in anthologies. But the, my experience as an editor is really what I hope to bring you, give you some insights and some tips and tricks and things that I've learned. Um, so that that's about me. It's good to know. I'm really glad that everybody talked about their experience in writing because that's the first thing on my uh, list is to say, hey, what's your experience with submitting? So thank you very much, Lisa, for doing that for me. Um, so let's, I have a little outline and Joyce has actually heard me do this, but I've learned a little bit from that presentation and I'm gonna loosen up a little bit. There's so much information out there to cover, but I'm gonna try to keep this loose and um, feel free to inter interject a question. Um, it's Everybody's on mute, but um, if you need to just wave at me and I'll, I've got you all in gallery. So if you've got something that's not clear, just wave and, and we'll stop. This is really informal. 
Um, so let's see. The, the first thing I want to talk about, just as a general, is you know why submit? And and folks have talked about they want to get their writing out there. Um, you know, there's this big satisfaction of having your words appreciated by other people. I mean, it's just part of being an artist. There are lots of people who write for themselves and they say, oh, it's just for me and, you know, and that's fine. But there's a lot of ego in this. And when you see your name in print, it's a thrill. It's a rush to see your name in, whether it's in on paper or more likely on the computer screen. And in fact, sometimes getting published online is almost better because you can share it really easily. And print publications are like, who's going to buy this magazine that you're in? Well, your your girlfriend or your husband or your mom or you know, but. When it's online, it's kind of almost easier to brag about it. But there's a big thrill about that. Um, but there's also the idea of your legacy. Like, so I, I don't have children, but my poetry are my kids. And when I know that there are people out there who will be reading my stuff beyond just my small circle, um, and then the final reason why it's valuable to do this is because it helps you improve your poetry. Um, and I, I'm going to talk a little bit about rejection, because that's a huge part of submitting is rejection. Um, you, you know, it's about developing a thick skin. Um, you need, so it, 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 it will beat you up but it will thicken you up. It'll, it'll get you more character. It'll build your character, um, build up your tolerance for rejection, and it'll make your poetry better. I promise you. Okay. All right. Um, so there's the philosophical things. So the, the first thing I will say uh, is that and this is not, this is something that um, I read, or excuse me, I heard from when I went to a talk with a bunch of published authors. And Nancy Peacock is the former poet laureate of the Piedmont. So she served as poet laureate a couple of years ago. And she does a writing group at the Flyleaf. Well, of course, the pandemic has closed that down, but for many years, she did a writing. Uh, drop in, write once a, once a month on a Saturday at the Flyleaf, and she's tutors. But what she said, and I've written this down and really remember this, is that the writing brain and the submission brain are two different things. When you're writing your poetry, you're in full-on creative mode. When you're submitting, you're a business person. That's the first step to think about getting that tough exterior is that you are in business mode when you're submitting. Um, Hannah had said that, um, I took a note that you had said you wanted to do Mondays as your, as your submission day. 
that's fantastic. Let me let, let me just applaud that. You you already have a plan that you know that this day of the week is going to be the day when you're going to submit and you're going to be in business writer mode, not creative writer mode. So um, the more organized you you, you got to be organized. You got to keep track. Um, it, it's just basically. <laughs> It's like selling any product. I mean, you have a product to sell. That that's that, you know, marketing. That I have a degree in marketing, and people are like, oh, I don't want to promote myself. Well, you know, there's <laughs> submitting your work is trying to promote yourself. Not it's not as scary as say standing out on a street corner or even going to a job interview, but you are promoting yourself. So if you kind of remember that and sort of separate, you'll take some of the fear out of the situation. Everybody has their own tools. We're all on the computers nowadays. And most, I mean, there it used to be you'd mail your submissions in and that's pretty much non-existent except for really small, really odd little cases. But um, I prefer, but you'll need either a Word document, files. I prefer a spreadsheet. That's my my tool. And I'm just going to show you. But most of it falls under the general category of poetry. And I've got them divided by my good stuff. And then there's my uh, tier two, which could also be considered my revisit at some point. But here, this is the screen now, but I have my publication here. I'll get down into the current stuff. This is the where I sent it, the title. What is the deadline on the call, the submission call? But And then what day did I send it? And then the status of what happened with it. Feed, did it cost me anything? And we'll talk about dumb. Uh, I'm poor, I'm retired and I'm poor. So pretty much everything on my list is uh, no fee, but there are times when I will pay to su submit something. And then here's my notes about it. Um, I started, I started, uh, I wasn't able to keep track of, how did I send that out? And I'm like, oh yes, this is gonna be in my um, either email or submittable. And as you can see, there's an awful lot of not accepted, didn't win. I'm sharing my dirty laundry with you folks. But um, this tells me what was accepted. So, but this is the folder or rather page. I have, um, um, and, and I like the spreadsheet format because I can sort it really easy, but as long as you've got a record. The other thing is you want to know not just who you submitted to and when, but that'll be important when it comes time if you want to resubmit to a journal, because most journals have, uh, they'll tell you, please don't resubmit unless, you know, within a certain amount of time frame. But mm -hmm. it also tells me um what what is what they look what they like what they don't like and then down at the bottom of the screen i have folders for journals more journals i keep a i keep a list of uh i have as you can see here a 208 
journals out there that I've found and uh, resources down here is, I will share some of these with you. These are really good resources to have. And where, because the other question that comes up is where do I submit? And this is the list of how to find those places. Okay. I have a question. Yes, please. Do you put your poems into folders first on your laptop or computer and then yes. put them into the spreadsheet? Yeah, yes. They're the, all on that column that said folder, that basically is my file management of them. So if I'm looking, you know, sometimes if I'm looking for a poem, I know what folder to start. And then, or, you know, I can do a search on my search, but sometimes I start with this, my, my spreadsheet. Yes. Are those folders like your, your tier one? Thing? Yes, I have a, under, under my poetry, I have subfolder tier one, tier two, nature poems, kid poems, holiday poems, a couple of other categories that are meaningful to me, you know, but um, you yeah, know, the tier, go ahead. Sorry, when you save your poems and you do the save as, and then underneath there'll be a place where you save it to, you can save it into that um, folder? Well, um, I, I start, I use Microsoft Word. All my poems start off in in progress, in progress. Brand mm -hmm. new poems are always in the in progress folder. And it, they don't get moved until I stick a fork in them. And then I move them into the appropriate folder. And then I put them on my spreadsheet, my this inventory. Because this is where I need the most help. But thank you. Okay. Joyce, yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering. I've had a problem with storing my stuff because I've had issues with my computers. Does everyone use in Word? Do you use OneDrive or where do you actually save your stuff? I feel like I have to use OneDrive and I don't want to. Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, that's the automatic. Um, old school. OneDrive goes to the cloud. And I'm really. Well, I don't want to say paranoid, but I don't want to put my stuff out there. Oh, see, Joyce is holding up a little uh, zip drive. I don't like zip drives because they get lost. My computer is, everything's on the computer. I don't want to be, because if you want to use a zip drive, you still need to know, well, which one of these zip drives do I have it on? You still need a record to tell you where it is. Uh, OneDrive is simply putting your stuff on the cloud. As long as you're regularly backing up your work on your computer, I don't want to put my stuff on the cloud. It's just creeps me out. But the point is, is that this is what I'm talking about is submission brain. I'm in business mode. I know everything I have, I know exactly where it is. I know who I've sent it out to, when I sent it. I have notes about what to expect on a turnaround time. And then I have an end result and it's all available to me in one spot. This is my organization brain. Okay. Um, so that, that's part of it. Okay. Any more questions? Yes, please. Um, how do you assess that when a poem you take from progress into 
published ready. I think that's one thing I struggle with. I do use similar organization where I have all in progress poems under one, mm -hmm. but when do you decide, okay, I'm okay. ready to have this value? That's a good question. That's a very good question. So I am a firm believer in, um, so I've been part of the Living Poetry Critique Group for years now, five, six years regularly going every month. And there are critique groups and there are critique groups. Somebody had mentioned fan story. Um, Eugene, I think mentioned that you submit to fan story. So there are lots of drop-ins, pe people on the internet that you don't know. Um, I think it's a helpful thing. I, I looked into it to see how it works. And I wasn't impressed. I'm not gonna tell you to stop using it, but the, the drawback to something like fan story where you upload to the internet and you have strangers comment on it, is there are people that want attention and will just like everything because they don't have any training in poetry. They don't know how to read poetry. They don't know how to give you honest feedback. Um, or, or they just want to be friends or they want attention. So a lot of your likes is not going to help you. Um, obviously, there will be people that you don't know who will take the time to give you some in-depth feedback. But the best way to, to really get feedback on is this poem good is to find a group of people who are rigorous in their in their critique. So one of the things that I we have with their monthly critique group and something that I use as well is it's a checklist. And I can I can make that available on my blog, um, which I can talk about, but there's there's a checklist of things that you're looking for and what makes a poem a good poem. Okay. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a formal education in poetry. Uh, and then somebody mentioned um, that they were not sure about writing for what's in style or, um, you know, what, what's sort of the current. Uh, there are trends in poetry. Um, there's, you know, there are different kinds of poetry that when you start attending a, a, a closed group and a closed group, whether it's on a Zoom or in person, you have people who are rigorously reading it. They know how to look at it and say, okay, whether or not they are, they don't have to be a professor, but they're going to say things like, this is unclear. This is doesn't make sense. This metaphor doesn't work, or this is a good metaphor, or the title, what, why are you calling it the title doesn't match, or um, all, all your end lines rhyme except one and it sticks out. You know, um, that's the kind of feedback you'll get on your poetry. And then you are also going to be asked to critically review other poems. And you're also going to be asked to provide critical feedback on other people's poems. So this happens all the time in the group. New people come in, 
Um, the, the way ours works, people sign up, it's limited in size. You get the po you get all the work sent to you four days before. You're expected to print it out, write, read it, and make notes so that when you go to that meeting on the Thursday, you're prepared to talk about each poem. This is this is why it's a rigorous critique group. It's not just drop in. Um, because someone can read me a poem or I, I can look at a poem as I have a lot of experience, I can look at a poem now and and I'm going to start, I'll talk about that a little bit more when I talk about what it's like to read 550 poems and pick one for, uh, for the anthology. But most people need a little bit of time to look at a poem and think about it. And when you are asked to give critical feedback to other people's poems and then everybody speaks to it, you start to learn. Oh, okay. I learn more about my own poetry by listening to the feedback of what everybody is doing as much, you know what I'm saying? I learn as much about my poems and how to write good poetry by, write, by listening to that feedback. And then after a while, you just get a feeling for it. Also, I'll talk, um, I'm gonna enter, start talking about rejection because submission, rejection is a part of submission. Uh, there are different factors that um, go into rejection, getting rejection. Um, and just a follow up, I didn't go onto FanStory looking for the type of uh, critical review that you speak of. I started on there four years ago just to get an idea whether or not what I was producing was uh, of interest to other people. So there are a number of professional published poets on that site that I rely on for accurate critiques of my work. And some of them have helped to improve uh, some of my writing specifically. Yeah. Um, the other question I had was, you mentioned a checklist uh, as far as um, knowing whether your poetry is good or, or not good. Um, is that something that you can share with us specifically, or do we have to go on your blog and get it? I can make it available. I had it on my blog some time ago, but I think what I'll do is um, do some after the group, um, and I can work with Lisa to put links in Living Poetry so that people can get that. So okay. we'll make that available for you. And, and one other thing, as you showed us that uh, spreadsheet, that's a great idea and I'm gonna start using that now. I have all of my stuff organized on my PC in various folders for the different types of character, um, poems that I write. Um, and it helps, it's helpful. And I also have a record of all of my submissions that I've submitted to various places. So the spreadsheet idea is a great idea. I'm gonna use that. Cool. Uh, as And then after at the end, I'll give everybody my email address and actually um you can see jmo rights i don't know if you see my little name there just add at gmail.com send me an email and i'll send you the blank spreadsheet ready for you to fill in so i've already done some of the work for you but jmo rights at gmail.com that's the other way easiest way to do it i can get everybody yeah, that's a good point that you made about you never hear back. The, the bigger they are, you're not going to hear back. 
that's why the organization is so important. That's why knowing when their last day for their reading submission period is, and sometimes I'll put notes like they will even tell you, expect two months um, feedback. Uh, okay, maybe this is a good time to get into some of the nitty gritty about, um, we've talked about actual process of submitting and the number one rule because of about following directions. Um, and then I'll follow that up with my direct experience as a reader. Yes, Jenna. I just have a quick thing to say about submissions is that when they respond quickly that you're, that you're not going to they're not going to take your poem I kind of like that because then that frees up that poem to go somewhere to the next place and then if it doesn't get in by the third one that's when I go back in to revise to see what might need to be fixed up in that poem good point but sometimes you can do something called simultaneous submission so let's let's talk about um the process of submitting and following directions and why it's so important. Okay. So there, the most common way, there are two most common ways to submit and you have to read the call to see what they want. One is either email or one is submittable. Is everybody here familiar with submittable? It's a database, online database that allows you to submit great um and people journal it's not just poetry it's writing it's short stories it's art it's everything it's uh the people paying for it are the journals it doesn't cost you anything to have an account um so submittable is it or email the most common ways to submit so let's talk about the call for submission so what should be on there now i'm gonna poke, i'm gonna poke a little bit at lisa for a minute you lisa you may have i'm going to use your anthology coming up you may have done this already i just didn't see it mm -hmm. um but the call for submission should include the name of the journal the submission reading period so if it's a journal they may have periods of three months, six months, a month, whatever, but they will tell you when the end date is for getting a submission in, mm -hmm. okay? Whether or not the item is a theme. So when you, and if it's a theme, what the theme is. So if you're submitting to, most journals don't, I shouldn't say most, journals that publish on a regular basis, every month or every quarter they don't always do themes but a lot of times anthology do themes a nature anthology uh i've been published in the nature anthology i've been published in an anthology that was all about myths and myth the the theme of myth and you know which is kind of a broad scope, but they don't want a poem about trees. They want a poem about the nature, the nymph that lives in the tree, you know, whatever. But it, um, sometimes the themed anthologies make it are a good place to start, particularly if it's like, which one of my poems do I send? I don't know. Oh, 
they want nature poems. I'll send them my poem about the tree. I'm not going to send them my poem about getting my when my car broke down. And you know, you see what I'm saying. So sometimes that will that will help you. But um, so look to see if they have a theme. And if they have a theme, don't send them something that doesn't match that because it's an automatic. We don't want to talk. We don't want this poem. Um, then they're going to give you the next thing they're going to tell you is how to do the submission. So some journals read blindly and some don't. Blind submission, your name is not going to be on the actual document. So you're not going to have your that old fashioned thing you might have learned in school about your name at the top and the bottom. Throw that out the window. Most journals don't want that. Um, they just because they want to they, they want to read every poem they don't know they don't want to know who it is they want they don't want to know that the poet laureate of the state is submitting a poem because that's gonna uh taint their oh we should you know they want they want to be able to evaluate it so they're going to tell you if it's blind or if it's okay some journals definitely say, please put your name and your bio on the submission. See, it depends on what they're looking for. And you gotta know, gotta know what that is. So is it blind? Is it name on there? Um, bio, please submit a bio. Let's talk about a bio for a minute. Um, I have a lot of experience with bios. I've edited hundreds of them. When they tell you, submit a 50 word bio, use your word count to get that bio to 50 words. If they tell you 100 words, you got more room. But I would suggest that you have two or three bios available. You want a really nice long bio? Um, there are articles out there to tell you how to write them. If you started getting submission credits, you want to brag a little bit, you can have a long one, but you better have a 50 word bio in your pocket, ready to go. And some don't even want that. Shorter is better. Um, the people with the most publication credits, the people that are really active and good poets, they have the shorter, the shortest bios. The, the people that are not experienced, they're the bios where they just go, I've been writing since I was a child and I got my first poem published at the grammar school and I've been hooked ever since and I want to bring my poetry to the world and no, that's not your bio. Your bio is, uh, my name is Sally Smith. So, oh, they usually want a third person. Don't write your bio in first person. I do this, I do that. I want it in third person. Sally Smith or Jean Marie Oliveri from Hillsboro, North Carolina is usually what I say is, um, uh, um, uh, has been writing, I don't say has been writing, I'll say active in living poetry Editor of Heron Clan uh, anthology series has been published in several journals online and my bio. Boom, done. That's a bio. They want to know. Now, 
They might ask you, I have been asked for an artist once. One time I was asked for what's called an artist statement. And that is more about that fuzzy stuff of your approach to writing and what, why did you write like, and what it was about was, uh, it was an ekphrastic poem about a journal that was where you write a poem about a painting and they wanted a little bit of information about what inspired you about this painting to write what you wrote. I didn't win, I didn't get accepted, but the, very rare. So bios are important. And whatever that word count is, use your word processing software to count your words, okay? All right, let's talk about little pretty details like fonts. A lot of times they will tell you, please use 12 point font, please use a common font um, because they need one, they need to be able to read it regardless of where it came from. Because as Joyce will tell you, sometimes when you're submitting to a workshop, things don't come in the way you, you know, you submit it. And by the time it goes through the process of email or whatever, it doesn't end up looking the way you wanted it to look because somebody's using a different kind of word processing software than the people reading it. Um, so, in, and if you've got like what they call a form poetry, where the shape of the words on, on the poem, like say you're writing a poem about a tree and you type your poem so you have a ball on a stick, like you make your type to look like a, a tree. If you're gonna do something like that, you need to submit it as a PDF form. And some journals won't accept that because they publish online or they put, you know, because they just can't reproduce it. And they'll tell you that, but they want Arial, Times New Roman, and a couple of others, but you can't go wrong with Times New Roman 12 point font. Courier. What? what? Courier, right? Her, mm, mm, I would use Courier. Times New Roman is much better. Um, and then let me tell you why the 10, 12 point font is. So this is the Bards Against Hunger poem, but the it's a standard, okay. Journals that are looking for online are gonna have a lot more leeway about what they'll take because it's online. But if you're submitting to a print journal, they have, it gets a print journal, they know what size they're printing, okay? So this is a standard um, six by nine, right? They know what their margins are. They know what font size they use. And if you have a narrative poem with long lines and weird shapes, they know, they're going to publish it in 12 point and they know how much space they have. And if you're submitting a poem on an eight and a half by 11, you know, most documents are eight and a half by 11 and you're, it's weird and it, they know it won't even fit. Let me tell you, I have advocated, 
I have had to be the one to go back to dirt to poets and say, I cannot fit your poem in my book unless you modify it. It's a hassle, but Doug, um, Doug's a nice guy and he's gonna let people in. So I do it because I'm a nice lady and I'm gonna do what my boss says to format. But there are a lot of journals out there who aren't gonna bother with that. They're gonna be either it fits, it doesn't fit. I like your poem, but it's too much work. That's why you gotta pay attention to directions. Okay, yes, thank Is it Fanuel or? Yes, um, so you mentioned earlier, I write mostly concrete poems that and or like grid poems that would incorporate a lot of shapes. So when you were saying a lot of publications uh, are hesitant to use such shapes and because part of this storytelling is the shape, is there a specific publications I should seek out or how, how do I go about that? Read the directions and get used to submitting your poems as PDFs and they'll tell you. So a lot of times, if you send them a PDF, they can do a, a, a graphic of it. Some will and some won't. You just got to read the directions. So uh, before I move on to my personal experience, does anybody have any questions about what I've said so far? I have one question. Yeah. So when you're submitting, what's the safest way to go? Because you know those lines between your stanzas, do you count those as lines in your submitted poem use your word processor to give you that information and yes they count okay. they count thank you Blank lines between stanzas count to the line count okay a lot of a lot of poetry calls will tell you 30 lines max and that can't and that counts for spaces um i've submitted quite a bit of my work uh, over the last four years in different journals most of them with rejections, but at the same time, you're right about the, the format and the, the font style. Um, but I also noticed the uh, journal sometimes will accept PDFs, and and yes, you did. You were correct about the font. If you use it in a Word document, and somebody else is using a different version of Word. They will not see it in the same way you wrote it. I had that happen getting stuff printed at a printer file, and when I got there and they printed it out, it, was, it didn't look nothing like what I had written. So, uh, but I wanted to actually, you have on your spreadsheet a list of all the different resources or places that you can publish or submit your work to. I do. I mean, it's not current. But I mean, it's, I don't like update it constantly, but I just collect the information over time. Okay. And I will get to resources later. We will talk about that later. Okay. Um, one other thing, Tova, you said that you are, as well as the poetry, you also do video. And I'm not familiar with that, but there are, well, I've never done that, but there are plenty of journals out there online journals that want that stuff. They want videos. Um, it's absolutely, absolutely fine to keep do, I mean, of course it's fine to do that, but it's absolutely possible to get that stuff published. You just gotta find the right source. And that also goes for people who are photographers. 
are submitting artwork, if you want to submit uh, graphics or either photography or drawings, if it's a drawing you've done, you would just take a photo of it um, and they will give you, they'll tell you very specifically the size, the pixels, what, you know, whatever. Um, it's all just a question of finding the market and then following the directions. So I did want to comment for you, uh, Tova, that even though I never really pay attention to the calls for, for video, but they're out there and what you're doing can very can be published. Okay, so I thought I would, yes, did you have a question or, okay. So I thought I want to talk now about the way it works with the Heron Clan, just as a personal, the way it works for us. I can't tell you exactly. I'm not on the board of anybody else, but um, so Doug Stuber, um, and I'm giving you his name because if you want to submit to the Heron Clan every year, he puts those calls in and you're welcome to submit. He'll take submissions from anybody. His anthology started off being, he actually started it in New York, but it was pretty local for a few years, but he's pushing out and now it's actually become international. Um, he just wants the best quality poem, but he'll, you know, we have, um, what he has is an editorial board um, there were four, five of us. He, he, what he does is he has an odd number of, well, let me, let me put it that way. His, he has an odd number of readers and he's the odd guy. Um, and what he does is he, all, everybody reads every submission. He tracks this stuff on a spreadsheet. We all read it independently and say, yes, no, yes, no, whatever, you know, whatever I, we want. It goes into the spreadsheet and it's majority wins. So with four readers, three yeses, you're in, um, or three no's, you know, you're out. Now, if there's a tie, and of course he reads everything as well. If there is a tie between the editors, he's the tiebreaker. Um, and usually when there's a tie, what we would do is we would meet regularly to discuss batches and people would have the opportunity to fight for whatever they wanted. Like, yes, guys, I know it's three to one, but seriously, you really need this in because of whatever. Um, and I have to tell you, it was talk about learning a lot about poetry. I, what had, it was really a privilege. I, I had to take a year off. My life has gotten um, much too busy for me to be a reader this year. Um, but I'm hoping maybe next year I'll be able to get back to being a reader because it's a privilege and I learned so much. It's a lot of work. Let me tell you, it's a lot of work. But the, the the different we but it was those tie-breaking ones that we would talk the most about and and like why do you think this is in and why not and so Doug's anthology there's no there's no um theme for it it's just whatever the best poetry and he tries to pick readers who are very experienced poets um so as as a reader when I'm, and it took me a while to kind of figure it out, particularly for the second year. The first year I spent 
almost made myself nuts. But the second year, we had 550 poems to read in a couple of months. That's a lot of poems to read. And you start to get a critical eye. Fortunately, because of my studying and years of experience working with poetry on my own, and the fact that the other readers were very experienced poets, it got easier for me to do this. Um, I would look for good poetry. Um, I would look for, uh, there, there are gonna be, most of the calls for submission will say things like, we don't accept gratuitous violence. They, you know, they don't want poetry that's gonna be nasty or violent or, you know, <laughs> like most journals are not out there to, to, to publish stuff that derogatory or any way like that. I just had a comment. Um, you're right about what you just said about the submissions. They don't want stuff that is sexual. They don't want stuff that's violence, gratuitous, and any of that nature. Um, but are they specifically looking for metrical poetry? Poetry that has been written in that form. I'm sorry, you cut out. What word? Are they looking for what poetry? The, the meter. Meter, okay. So again, I can only speak to what I have been a reader. And this particular anthology does not require metered, metered um, or formal form poetry. Um, obviously we got plenty of it and we got mostly free form. Uh, form, when you say meter, I'm, I'm gonna change what, I'm gonna change that word. What we're talking about is form poetry versus free form because all poetry should have meter to it, resonance, consonance, flow, musicality. So meter in itself, if you if you go back to school and say, oh, I have big pentameter and you're counting those sonnets and you're trying to get the beat right. Um, free form poetry or, you know, not open form poetry does not have specific iambic meter to it, but there should be some musicality. There should be poetry. I want poetry with poetry in it. You know, I want something that has, that's not prose. Okay. There's a whole different, there's a difference between prose and poetry. And, and um, a lot of folks send in narrative poetry. So a narrative poem is poetry that tells a story and it's very popular now. Um, somebody made the comment, I took a note that, and I'm not sure, a lot of my poems, oh, I think Chris, it might be Chris, I'm not picking on you, but I think you said something like, a lot of my poetry looks like short stories. That's fine. That's, that's a narrative poem right there. A narrative poem is a short story. 
so it's absolutely fine to tell a short story in a poem, but it has to be a poem and not and not a short story. Uh, it has to be uh, the way it's told is through poetry is I want more poetry in my poetries is basically what I'm saying. So, but back to my experience as a reader, we are looking for good quality poetry. And then also, uh, I'll get to you in a minute, Joyce, but also poetry that meets or, or that we respond to. And that's why he has four readers, five including himself, because what speaks to me isn't going to necessarily speak to the other editors on the poem, on, in, in the, in the, on the board. And, and Doug, in his anthology, wants everybody to get a good reading from multiple points of view. So that's my experience. I can't tell you for every anthology you send to, how many readers do they have? For a small little journal, it could be one person deciding yes or no. Could be two people deciding yes or no. Um, for a huge journal that gets thousands of submissions every year, like say the New Yorker, what they most likely have is individuals who do the first sort Yes, no, yes, no, mostly the reject pile and they call the good stuff and then they send that to senior, senior readers. I would expect there's just too much for one person to read a thousand poems in a year or in a six month period type of thing. Um, so that's another thing that will affect um, you know, your re rejection, and there's no way to know that. Like I say, I'm giving you the behind the scenes of the Herring Clan. When you submit your work to the Herring Clan, it's not just one person. Everybody's reading it, and we put work into it, but I can't tell you how it is for every other journal. So, also, um, the other thing is that you could have a great poem but it just doesn't fit them. Um, it's hard to know for, the important thing to note is that a book can only, so for an anthology or for a journal, well, if it's online, they're gonna have, there's no real space limits, but journals know what they wanna publish. They know how many, if it's online, they know how many pages they, they wanna do. Sometimes there's, they curate to a certain number of poems they wanna put out. Books are not infinite. Books have a limit. So I, I we, believe me, we sent a lot of good poetry to the rejection pile because there was no space. That's the other thing to remember. Back, back in the very beginning of this topic, I was talking about, you gotta get a thick skin. You have to understand that you might be getting rejections, not because your poetry is bad, but because it doesn't fit the journal. They don't have room for it. You see? Um, let, let me talk another one more comment about um, fit, the fit of the journal and why, again, what was the number two rule that I gave you? 
somebody go off mute and tell me what the number two rule was. You mean the following the guidelines? The yes, thank you. Thank you. Follow the guidelines. Who are you submitting to and what do they publish? That's probably the hardest guideline to, to fit. If you are looking at an online journal, read past issues. Go back to the last issue they read. What are they printing? Um, if they are printing lots of narrative poetry, then maybe your sonnet's probably not going to be what they're looking for. If they're looking for modern, concrete poetry or just angry, you know, if it's a journal and all of their poetry is political or angry about the world, don't submit your poem about the tree and the beautiful tree because they probably don't want it. They want angry poetry, right? If they're, so what are they publishing? And see if you do your best to send them something they might like. Is that a guarantee? Nope, not a guarantee. But you can, after a while, when you look at a journal and you start to see, you get a feel for, hmm, that's not me. I mean, I have um, looked at journals that had submission calls and I've looked online and it'll be, I can't read this journal. Oh my gosh, this weird fonts and I, I can't see it. It's very avant-garde and, and nothing is capitalized and it's all young looking and nothing's traditional. And I look at that and go, that's not the kind of poet I am. If I can look at a journal and say, that's not the kind of poet I am, they're most likely gonna look at my stuff and say, yeah, we don't want that poem about your cat, T. Marie, thanks. You know, um, so follow the directions and one of those directions is look and see what they publish. Now, if it's a print journal, you can't always do that. That's unfortunate. Sometimes, um, you can buy a copy of a journal, like one print copy. If it's someplace you really, really want to get into, like I really want to get into the New Yorker. I really want my poem in the New Yorker. Who doesn't? But that's an easy enough thing to start going to go to the library, start reading the New Yorker. What do they publish, right? Um, and then apologies, like, like I said, the Heron clan is a little tough because there's no theme. But, you know, they, they take any theme. Um, anthologies that give you a theme is a good, good place to start because, you know, like, um, like the ones that I did, you know, the nature poem, like, got, got in there. Right now, that's, I think that's, oh, there's more to talk about, but I'm going to stop talking and see before I go on if anybody has any more questions about submissions, any of it. Amanda. So I know sometimes when asking for submissions, people or places will say that you can submit up to like five poems or up to a certain number. You recommend submitting that number, like the max that you can, or only submitting your strongest if you have like only a couple? Uh, I su submit five if you've got five good ones. If you got it, send it. Okay. Anybody else? 
Uh, simultaneous, let's talk about that. It's something that you'll see. Oh, I know. And the other thing, again, is um, published or not published. Most journals do not want poetry that has already been published. Why is that? Because they want the credit for having found this fantastic poem. Look at us. We're great. We are the first ones. And they might, even if you, if you get published in there, the poem, the poem still belongs to you. The journal has the right to put, you, you basically give the journal or the anthology the right to publish your work, but the poem actually belongs to you. So after they get first rights to publish, you can then turn around and do whatever you want with the poem. You can self-publish a book of my bestest poems in the world or my top 10, you know, whatever. You can publish it yourself. You can put it on your blog. You can submit it someplace else. The poem always belongs to you, but most journals want first right. And if you do submit and somebody else publishes it, you need to give that first journal acknowledgement. So for going back to my experience on the Heron Clan, we will take previously published work, but you have to tell us where and when it was published so that we can put it in the acknowledgements. This poem was previously published here. Um, so what counts as being published? They will tell you that it's in the directions. If it's on your personal blog, it's published. If it's on, if you publish it on Facebook or social media, some journals count that as being published, some don't. You just got to read the directions. Number two rule, read the submission call, follow the directions. But for the most part, they want stuff that's unpublished, which is why on my blog, I don't publish, I don't put much of my poetry on my blog. I talk about writing. I do post some of my blogs. I talk about poetry and I talk a little bit about my life and whatnot. But what I put on the blog, I know I'm not going to be submitting anywhere. So, or it's already been published somewhere else and then I'll print it on my blog. So there you go. Um, that's what previously published means. Oh, and simultaneous submissions. Somebody had asked about that. Can you submit the same poem to more than one journal? Yes, you can, but they, but if you get accepted by one, then you need to let the other journals know, oh, by the way, this was published, someone's gonna publish it, so please remove it from consideration. And some journals are really particular. They will tell you no simultaneous submissions. They don't want you to send them a poem that you've sent to 10 other journals. And the reason for that is because they don't want to hassle. They don't want the hassle of having to go back and say, oh, okay, Sally submitted five poems and um, we haven't read them yet, but I have to go back into her submission and take out one of those five poems because we're not going to be able to look at that when it, we finally get down to the time of reading it. Instead, what they're likely to do is just chuck the whole thing. Oh, Sally got one of her poems published. Boom, it's out. I don't even want to deal with it. 
because I have too many other packages of poems to read. I mean, I'm, I'm basically just telling you what the most likely scenario is. They will tell you no, sub, no simultaneous submissions, or of course you can submit, just let us know. Again, it goes by the journal, read the directions. I have yes. one poem that was unpublished in an anthology back in 2006. And they accepted it even though it was published online. So I because that was their that was their decision. Some journals will say previously published on a personal blog is acceptable. Some journals will not allow that. It goes back to, and I sound like a broken record at this point, read the directions, follow the directions. Okay, Tova, what do you got? Yeah, I, it's a question. Where uh, can I find uh, a list of the small J journals? Okay, let's talk about uh, locations. So uh, first of all, is um, everybody here, is anybody here on Facebook? A lot of people don't like social media, but Facebook has a group called Calls for Submission. It's a public group. It literally has 20,000 or more people in that group. Um, but there is, all it is, is a list of calls for submission. Every day or once a week, whatever, I, you know, I have a notification. So right then and there, Facebook calls for submission is a really, really easy, I, I suggest that everybody join that group if you are there. Um, I'm going to give you um, a couple of journals. Okay, there are. Um, I'm going to put the link in here too for that. Yeah. So the the other one I'm going to do is I'm I think I can put this. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm clicking on it. Uh, Authors publish is a excellent resource. So what it is, is a little um, free newsletter that you can sign up for. And I'm putting it into the, into the chat. So I get the email like once a week or once or twice a week. And they have absolutely fantastic articles about publishing trends and who's, who is a, a current call for submission. And the nice thing about the journal is you get an email with the link to the article. So you can just read the title. And if it, if it says X journal calling for manuscript, then I don't even have to click on the article because I'm not writing a book, right? Um, but there's uh, authors publish, it's free, sign up for that one. Um, the other, here's another one I'm going to grab for you. So, um, Trish Hopkins, she has, uh, has a, a blog and she also posts regularly in the, um, calls for submission group. I put okay. one in her, in the, her Facebook page in there. Perfect. Thank you. And then also Erica, do you have Erica as well? Erica no. Murillo? Okay, let me let me get this one here. Oh, let's see. I'm being asked to chew gum and um, 
<laughs> walk at the same time here. Let's see, I'm gonna put Erica in. She also is, she's in, if you're in the Facebook group, you'll see that, but published, um, published to death blog. She's fantastic. She publishes a lot of resources. Uh, I was signed up for quite a while to the um, Adam Cohen Winning Writers newsletter. And I kind of stopped that one because they have so many ads, but it's free. You know, I'm, I'm a really big believer in free resources. Uh, nobody has asked the pay question. You want to talk about that? Nod, yes, no. Do you want to pay to submit your work? Let's talk about that. Uh, reading fees. Some journals charge a reading fee because poetry is usually published by people who love it, but they still have to pay a fee to run their journal. Um, these online journals, you know, you're not going to get paid for your poetry, but these people have day jobs <laughs> pretty much all the time, right? They have a day job and they, they have to pay for space online to run their journal and live and their time. So a lot of them, it's becoming more and more common to charge a reading fee to submit your work. Is it worth it to you to do that? I mean, I have thoughts about that. It's certainly gonna be up to you. I, I, I can only tell you how I feel about it. Being poor, being mostly retired and you know, fixed income, poor. I usually only submit to journals that ask for a fee if I think I'm gonna get something out of it or I have a really good chance. And sometimes you get, say a subscription out of it, you're, you know, or it's a really good chance or I'm feeling generous or I really like the journal. And I know that, you know, they're all working, you know, everybody's working hard. And sometimes I'll just submit, just to submit for the heck of it. And I know that my $3 or $5 fee will benefit somebody. It, it's really personal uh, as to what you want to do with your money. Um, but uh, yes, it, it used to be considered oh, terrible. Oh my gosh, they're charging me. But you know, times are hard and, and poetry doesn't really pay. It's all for the love of it. So you have to decide that. And the same would be said also for contest submission. So if you want to uh, submit to a poetry contest, pretty much most of the time there's going to be a fee because if they're promising a big uh, payoff to the winner, they got to get that money from somewhere. So if you think you got a good shot at it, I'm much more likely to throw money at a contest if I think I have a good shot at it. Um, than not. I still, I still like the free ones because, you know, not, not, you know, I'm poor. I still, if it's a free contest, even if I don't think I'll win, sometimes I'll just throw a poem at it if I can figure out a good one to throw a poem at. Um, 
so that's an option. That's that's part of the process. Again, because just you have to decide that, but don't be shocked. I have to pay to submit my work. Oh, and don't forget if you're using submittable, they have they're paying for submittable. That's how submittable makes their money. But if you look carefully, a lot of journals will do things like the first hundred submissions are free, and after that you have to pay because they they are being charged by how many people are using the portal for, you know, submittable is charging them by their volume. So they, if you know this and it's some a journal that you really want to get into, you can start watching it. It's like, okay, beginning of the month, I'm going to submit, get it in free because if I wait too long in the month, it'll cost me. But that's, I guess maybe that's down the road a piece, you know, like if you're really cranking, you really are in the business of wanting to be published and this is a regular thing you're doing, those are considerations for that. If you are kind of casually throwing your work out in the world, then a lot of what I'm saying is probably push. Yeah, okay, whatever, Jean Marie, I'll get to it if I get to it, you know. <laughs> so if you're just starting off and you're just casually throwing your work out, look for the easy, easy free options. Thank you, Jean Marie. This has been very informative. And I I never ever thought about doing using the Excel sheet for to keep track. So that organization really was all brand new to me and I'm gonna put it to good use today. Thank you so much. I really You're enjoyed welcome. it. And thank you, Lisa, for hosting this. <laughs> this is part of Poets <laughs> Connection. Um, we meet once a month and try to touch on different topics that are meaningful for poets. So y'all come back for these. I'd love one on how to set up that spreadsheet. Because when I would go in there, I just get overwhelmed and then I, I close it out. <laughs> uh, like I said, send me an email and I will send you a blank. All right. Thank you. Sure. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah. I use Duotrope. I, I actually pay this $5. It's $5 a month or $50 a year. Um, but it goes in and, and you can um, sit right in. Um, this is my list of everything. And you can break it down according to rejections or whatever. And then um, it actually, once you enter a poem in there once, then it saves it so that you don't enter the whole poem, just the title. But who you submitted it to, um, like this one's pending, how many days it's been out, what the average days out is, you know, what basically if you go to 90 days, you're probably not going to hear anything else. You can update. Um, I had acceptance of three poems yesterday, so I went in and updated those. You can write yourself little notes too about things. So I find this to be helpful for me. That's Duotrope. They also have a free thing, but to, to do the submission tracker, it's worth it to me to pay them just because I get miscombobbled with spreadsheets. I'd like to offer a really big hug virtual of appreciation to Jean-Marie for doing this today. This is 
heavy duty stuff that's very, very important to know. And I really appreciate you doing this for us. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And like I say, shoot me an email if you have a question. <laughs> what is the name of your blog, Jean Marie? It's Words from Jean Marie. It's through uh, WordPress. I have the free version of it. It's easy to follow my blog if you're already on WordPress. But I don't post that often, maybe once a month. And like I say, I talk about poetry or whatever's going on with me. And sometimes if you go into it and you can scroll, you'll see some of my poems. I tend to do the funny ones, I guess, that I'm not gonna be sending out elsewhere. Or if it's already been published, sometimes I'll, I'll go ahead and put it on my blog. Yeah, I always feel like that's, <laughs> it's like, I'm telling these people I'm a little bit of an expert and I'm not really, and maybe they want to read my work to find out how good is she? What does she know? Does she know what she's talking about? Maybe. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you all for coming. Come again to Poets Connection. You never know what we might be talking about, but keep an eye out. You guys can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> no fear. Just get out there and do it. It'll be all right. Just get out there and do it. Thank you for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you would like to be on the podcast, please send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com. Put podcast on the subject line. Thank you and you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.